book six chapter twelve of the heavenly twins this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox the heavenly twins by sarah g chapter twelve a cruel misfortune robbed me of a near relation at this time and added the rank of baronet with a considerable increase of fortune to my other responsibilities the increase of fortune was welcome in one way as it enabled me to enlarge a small private hospital which i had established on my fountain towers estate for the benefit of poor patients attending to these and to the buildings which were at once put in progress was the one absorbing interest of my life at that time during the next three months i only called once on evadne and that was a mere formal visit which i felt in duty bound to pay her i did not drive past the house either oftener than i could help but when i was obliged to go that way i saw her sitting sewing in her accustomed place and she would smile and bow to me brightly at first but after a time with a wistful weary expression or i fancied so it was of necessity a hurried glimpse that i had although my horse would slacken his speed of his own accord as we approached the holly hedge that bounded her bower but i began to be uneasily aware of a change in her appearance i might be mistaken but i certainly thought her eyes looked unnaturally large as if her cheeks had fallen away and the little patient face was paler in the early summer when she was well she had been wont to flush upon the least occasion but now her colour did not vary and i suspected that she was again shutting herself up too much mrs orton bay was at frelinghay diavolo was keeping his grandfather company at morn the kilroys were in town the hamilton wellses had gone to egypt and colonel Cahoon had taken two months leave and gone abroad also so that she had no one near her for whom she had any special regard colonel Cahoon had called on me before he left and told me he was sure evadne would hope to see a good deal of me during his absence and he wished i would look after her professionally i inferred and of course i was always prepared to do so but so far she had not required my services happily and for the rest well my time was fully occupied and i found it did not suit me to go to as you like it when i noticed the change in her appearance however i began to think i would look in some day just to see how she really was but before i could carry out the half-informed intention she came to me it was during my consulting hours and i was sitting at my writing-table seeing my patients in rotation when her name was announced she sauntered in in her usual leisurely way shook hands with me and then subsided into the easy-chair on my right which was placed facing the window for my patients to occupy i have a cold she said and a pain under my right clavicle and the posterior lobe of my brain oh dear i have forgotten it all she broke off laughing how shall i make you understand you are in excellent spirits i observed 
if not you are in very good health no believe me she answered the pleasure of seeing you again enlivened me for a moment but i am really rather down i had been considering her attentively from a professional point of view while she was speaking and saw that this was true the brightness which animated her when she entered faded immediately and then i saw that her face was thin and pale and anxious in expression her eyes wandered somewhat restlessly her attitude betokened weakness she had a little worrying cough and her pulse was unequal what have you been doing with yourself lately i asked turning to my writing-table and taking up a pen when i had ascertained this last fact dreaming she said the answer struck me dreaming i repeated to myself and then aloud to her while i affected to write dreaming i said what about for example oh the arabian nights the whole thousand and one of them would not be long enough to tell you she replied i think my dreams have lasted longer already are you speaking of daydreams i asked yes you imagine things as you sit at work perhaps yes she spoke languidly and evidently attached no special significance either to my questions or her own answers which was what i wished yes that is my best time while i work i live in a world of my own creating in a beautiful happy dream at least it was so once she added with a sigh i have heard you say you did not care to read fiction you prefer to make your own stories is that the reason i suppose so she said but i never thought of it before and you never write these imagings oh no that would be impossible it is in the tones of voices as i hear them in the expression of faces as i see them in the subtle indescribable perception of the significance of events and their intimate relation to each other and influence on the lives of my dream friends that the whole charm lies such impressions are too delicate for reproduction even if i had the mind to try describing them would be as coarse a proceeding as eating a flower after inhaling its perfume did i understand you to say that this is the habit of years has your inner life been composed of dreams ever since you were a child no she replied i don't think as a child i was at all imaginative i liked to learn and when i was not learning i lived an active life outdoor life ah then you have acquired the habit since you grew up yes it came on by degrees i used to think of how things might be different that was the way it began i tried to work out schemes of life in my head as i would do a game of chess not schemes of life for myself you know but such as should save other people from being very miserable i wanted to do some good in the world she paused here to choose her words and that kind of thought naturally resolves itself into action but before the impulse to act came upon me i had made it impossible for myself to do anything so that when it came i was obliged to resist it and then instead of reading and reflecting i took to sewing for a sedative and turned the trick of thinking how things might be different into another channel she was unconsciously telling me the history of her married life 
showing me a lonely woman gradually losing her mental health for want of active occupation and a wholesome share of the work of the world to take her out of herself to a certain extent then i had been right in my judgment of her character her disposition was practical not contemplative but she had been forced into the latter attitude and the consequence was perhaps well it might be a diseased state of mind but that i had yet to ascertain and are you happy in your dreams i inquired i was she said but my dreams are not what they used to be how i asked at first they were pleasant she answered when i sat alone at work it was my happiest time i was master of my dreams then and let none but pleasant shapes present themselves but by degrees i don't know how i began to be intoxicated my imagination ran away with me instead of indulging in a daydream now and then when i liked all my life became absorbed in delicious imaginings whether i would or not working walking driving in church anywhere and at any time when i could be alone a moment i lived in my world apart if people spoke to me i awoke and answered them but real life was a dull thing to offer and the daylight very dim compared with the movement and brightness of the land i lived in while i was master of my dreams then you did not remain master of them always no by degrees they mastered me and now i am their puppet and they are demons that torment me when i awake in the morning i wonder what the haunting thought for the day will be and before i have finished dressing it is upon me as a rule at first it was not incessant but now the trouble in my head is awful i thought so but she had said enough for the present the confession was ingeniously made and evidently without intention i merely asked a few more questions about her general health and then sent her home to nurse her cold promising to call and see how it was the next day when i opened my case book to make a note of her visit and a brief summary of the symptoms she had described and betrayed i hesitated a moment about the diagnosis and finally decided to write provisionally for my guidance or rather by way of prognosis the one word hysteria end of book six chapter twelve